When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to episode 613 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm Kyle Brackey. Hopefully it'll be my final day hosting <laughs> while Christian final is traveling day back. Final the show? Is that the big announcement? No, no, I meant, I meant like uh, doing the intro and all the, all the shenanigans uh, and all that stuff. Um, it's been a fun week, but it will be much better when we're all back in studio and have our normal setup. It'll be a better experience for you, the listener. Um, to give you an update of what's going on, CP made it to Baton Rouge. So he's now, oh, nice. I don't know, probably like six hours away from Austin, maybe. So uh, he should, him and JD and his family should make it back today. While I have had power this entire time, I now have no running water. We lost that yesterday. In and apparently, apparently it's just like the whole city uh, has no water. And this has been uh, really badly managed on uh, all ends of the spectrum. So it's, it's a lot of fun going on down here. Ben, what's going on in Wisconsin? Well, I did I did open up Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm checking your weather temperature. But I opened up Twitter and it does say, uh, power outage and boil water advisories continue across Texas. That's pretty freaking wild. But guess what? Um, it's going to be 43 and sunny tomorrow. So you guys are... Uh, you're almost in the clear. One more day of this brutal winter weather for you, and then you're good to go. I'm not even worried about the like the weather's whatever. It's <laughs> the fact that there's Lots no of power damn water. water, and we have we have no idea when we're gonna get it back. Like it seems like they're making no progress on uh, everyone that has no power. So <laughs> could be a long weekend, but here we are. Yeah, what are you um, doing? I guess you still buy gallons of water at the store or something? Yeah, well, luckily we had a good bit of water, and uh, we noticed <clears throat> yesterday that the water pressure was super low, so we thought they might be just, like, uh, con- rationing people. Yeah. Um. So we, we filled up a few things of water, like nice. big jugs and stuff like that, and we had a bunch of bottles of water, so yeah. Nice. So you could, uh, you could also try start... To- uh, Feeding the feeding the baby some monster. See how that goes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We are all good on food, so we should be fine. But if it comes to it, he's getting monster. There um, we go. Where do you want to start today, Ben? I know you're probably not. Well, be you said me. I was taking my daughter down to the bus stop. I got the dock, and I wanted to punch someone in the freaking face. 
The NCAA could not be a more incompetent uh, organization who does not really give a damn about athletes. They've now had a dead period for right around 16 months. Kyle, 16 Mm -hmm. months. That means that all of high school seniors recruiting time was a dead period. They could not see coaches. They could not have coaches come to them. This is so idiotic. It is beyond me. Um, you know, and it's made me think back to my own recruiting process. And, and, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get. I didn't know what I was going to get when I went to Missouri. I went there and I'm like, damn, I love it. I love the guys. I love the coaches. Mm-hmm. And I went to a few other places and I just said, man, these, this is too small for me. I don't really want to be here. I went to Arizona State and I said, eh, I think this team likes to party a little too much for me. I don't really like to party. You know, and without without those, but without those things, who knows where I would have went? And so it's like you're st- you're essentially the NCAA. You're stealing this from college athletes, or sorry, high school athletes. And it just the fact that they think they can keep it going like in, indefinitely is absurd. Well, I I do think there is light in the tunnel based on what they said in in this um, in their most recent release. So they said. Um, there's a strong commitment to use the next several weeks to outline the transition plan back to recruiting activities post June one, and to provide these plans to prospective student athletes, their families, and the NCAA membership no later than April 15th. So it sounds like they are going to have a plan put in place by April 15th and out there to people. Um, so you will see what it looks like for June one when things open back up, and hopefully these kids can start taking their visits and I don't, I don't know the dead periods in wrestling. Um, Cause there are natural dead, like there were natural dead periods yeah. uh, throughout the, uh, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were pretty I don't minimal. Know, though, I need if to... I remember correctly, I mean, it was just shorter, yeah. shorter periods of time, <clears throat> one during the season and then maybe one in November somewhere. Yeah. So I, I guess I should have looked this up before the show, but um. I would imagine that maybe they'll adjust the if there were any for the summer that they can adjust those um, to allow kids to start doing things right away on June one, and uh, hopefully we don't have to ever do that again because it, it is ridiculous. 16, 16 months you're doing zooms. Um, maybe if you were close enough, you were able to go check out the campus on your own, but you're still not getting the real experience and getting to know the coaches yes. and the team and the culture you're walking into. Yep. And that's because another to that reason, point, Kyle. When you go there, even if you were to pay your own dime, to my understanding, you can't really meet with the team and the coaches, right? No, you can't. You can't that's talk to the told. coaches at all. Yeah, you can't talk to the coaches at all. Um, if you were lucky enough, let's say, like um, a kid on the team, like went to your high school or something, you had a relationship yeah. with him, you could like link up with him, and he could show you around and stuff like that, but. Other than that, yeah, you were just kind of on your own. Maybe t- if the school was running their normal like campus tours that you usually see like daily, maybe you could get in on one of those. Um, but as we talked about, uh, they made a rule change because coaches were getting smart. They couldn't – those uh, campus tours couldn't go to athletic facilities unless the tour normally did before uh, – the pandemic. Everyone changed their tour were, real fast. Yeah, because because coaches were getting <laughs> were getting smart, which I applaud them. Um, getting creative. Absolutely. Uh, but the the 
one year free eligibility that we saw this year. And we talked to Coach Jaggers about it way back when it first got announced. Um, I think it's going to cause the transfer portal to look super busy. But also, I yeah. think the dead period is going to impact that as well because kids are going to maybe went to a place this year and they're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Or oh, yeah. they're or they're seniors this year and they get there and they're like, man, I, I was duped. I'm How did I end up here? Dooms. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is, I, I did not know the culture of this team. I do not fit in here or man, I don't like living in this place um, that I yes. really wasn't able to visit at all. So I think you, you'll see a lot of probably freshmen go in as well. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely the case. I was actually just thinking this morning about how, Interesting, it's going to be to see the seniors that don't use their sixth year of eligibility. And I, you know what? I actually think it's initially I thought it wasn't going to be very many people. Now I think it's going to be a lot of them. I mean, years ago, well, you say a graduate school for no good damn reason. I mean, come on, that doesn't make sense. Um, and you're not right. going to finish your graduate school in one year. So then you're going to commit to multiple years more of college. Um, yeah, I bet, I bet we're going to see a whole bunch of people forego that last year. That's what I feel. It wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, because if you well, if you're younger and you know you got the six year, so I'll use I use a smart guy like Peyton Mako, and I know him. I've had conversations, right? So when he yep. gets extra year of eligibility this year, he says, "Okay, I'm gonna have six years." Now he's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna speed up my plan." So by the time the six year hits, I'll have my regular degree and my graduate degree done. You know what I'm saying? But if you are yep. only planning doing five years, and then all of a sudden they say you have number six. Well, you're not going to have enough time to kind of, you know, plot out the progress so you can get the regular and the graduate done. And so you would need another year on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I was distracted because, you know, how a few weeks ago we talked about Spay will change um, the FRL banner to funny things. Uh -huh. And I think uh, just not being in, in the studio and I'm I'm out of my usual routine of like checking the banner and make sure it's saying something that we're talking about during the show. Oh, um, got you. JD hit me up and the FRL banner on the site said, I take back all the mean things I've ever said about the sun. <laughs> they put that because he, he gets sunburned very easily. So he hates the sun, but now he is really hating, hating this weather and would, and was wishing the sun was out because he, he was able to get to Minneapolis yesterday. You remember, he was stuck in Iowa for Captain's Cup. He was How able many to get of them to were stuck in Iowa? Because, I mean, it's cold up here, but it's not nasty or anything. So, Bader ended up just going to St. Louis, where his family is. Hmm. And then well, I Bader, think he's going to... Nice little visit home? Nice. like it. Yeah. Yeah, so Bader ended up getting to St. Louis, and I think he's just going to try to get back sometime this weekend when things are all clear. Um, yeah. And then... Spay got to Minneapolis and he thought he was going to be, yeah, it was yesterday and he thought he was going to be able to get home and then it got canceled. So he was to Minneapolis <laughs> last night and then oh JD God. got to Atlanta and then got picked up by CP. So, and I don't even know about our go. production guys who, who knows about all the production people that were there, but, uh, so well, well played, well played Spay on the banner there. Is, um, uh, is HQ even open? Like, is there anyone there right now? Yeah, it's open. Um, they they uh, Monday and Tuesday they were like, they pretty much told us like don't come in unless like you have no power. 
um, yeah. just because the roads were really bad. Um, but th- I knew there were a good people amount of people in there yesterday because one, they didn't have power, so they were getting warm and, and getting work done and stuff like that. But yeah, it is open. You could just bring some cots. You could throw some showers in the corner. Yeah. Living live in dorms at uh, HQ. Yeah. We don't get some water. Maybe I'll go live there this weekend too. Uh, <laughs> well, Ben, did you yeah. see anything else on Twitter yesterday you want to talk about, or you want um, to talk about some of these uh, good matches going on this weekend? Yeah, I think we talked about the duels because it's our last weekend of duels. So you have Iowa Wisconsin on here, but last I heard that was TBD. Did they make that official yet? No, I just put it in there um, just in case it does happen. And it's only a few real matches that are. Uh, really kind of worth anything yeah so i mean that's uh it's crazy that now we are what's three days away and it's still tbd like they don't know i'm gonna look up on their website yeah. and see if they, they've changed <laughs> that on there yet i mean that's insane right like hey we might be going no, to wisconsin in three days but we might not like geez <laughs> no it's insane i guess uh in 2021 you have to stay super flexible too yeah. See what, see what it says. I'm what are you finding? I am finding it says 8 p.m. It said TBD the other day. It says 8 p.m. now. I say it's happening. Oh, it says 8 p.m. now? 8 p.m. on Sunday. That's a late duel. Damn. That is. That is late. Yeah. All right. We're breaking news. Wisconsin versus Iowa is on. <laughs> it's on. And if it's off, we never said it was on. Yeah, or, or no, it was Iowa's website's fault. <laughs> um, well, good. Hold on, getting back to the um recruiting stuff. Michael Michael Andrews put it in the Facebook chat. He said, "Dead period is going to show show us who the best recruiters are in terms of finding those diamonds in the rough type of recruits who get the most uh, of their offers later in high school." And he's right about that too, because we missed a lot of the really good national postseason tournaments that we usually see. Um, Ohio didn't. Nope. Ohio didn't get to have their state tournament. We didn't get to see Cadet Junior Fargo, yeah. like all that stuff. Um, so, and while we had Super Thirty Two, the field probably wasn't as deep as it usually is. Um, no Iron Man. No, so I would say, but I would say to that, I so I would say that number one, good. I I like that recruiting is pushed back. I think the timelines moved too fast. But I would think the number one. Um, the number one factor, and that would be that. Listen, I'm not gonna name names, but I can name I can name plenty of them and ages a couple of them. These college coaches, they get kids on campus and they put the heat on them, right? Yeah. And they they almost I don't want to say they make the kids say yes. Well, I listen. I'll tell you one guy. He has graduated college now. And uh, this this is Kyle. This is a true story. And this guy would go on to be a Division one college all American, who did not stay okay. at his first school. So okay. he's not, <laughs> this is so dumb, but it's, I promise it's true. I'm not lying. I'm not making this up. So he goes on his recruiting trip to some school and the coach is trying to get him um, to commit. Right. And um, mm-hmm. he said, he said something like flippant, like, yeah, sure. Or whatever. And he had no real intention of committing to that university. And the college coach goes, did you just commit? <laughs> and he's like, uh, <laughs> Uh, and he goes, the college coach goes, oh man, that's so awesome. We're so excited to have you. You got to announce on your social media. And he said, I just didn't have the heart to tell him otherwise. And the guy went to school there for a year. 
No. He went to school at that university for a year because the coach said, did you just commit? <laughs> yeah, he would oh go on God. to be a, he, he actually he would, I can tell you later, he, if, if I had his permission to tell it on the show, I would, I would just say what his name is. He would go on to be a Division One college All-American. But that kind of stuff, it happens all the time. And I would say, you know, it, even worse stuff than that. That For me, that one was on the kid, for the kid not saying, no, I didn't commit. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, I got three more visits to do. Crazy man. For sure. So, they, and they'll put, like, they'll put, like, ultimatums or, like, deadlines. Like, hey, offer comes off the table this Friday. This Friday yes. at 9 p.m. If you don't, if you don't accept it, we're pulling it. Um, yes. When like kids one. haven't even, when when kids haven't even taken all their all their visits or gotten to really make their decision, yeah. but yeah, that happens a lot. And there are and there are obviously arbitrary deadlines, but the high school kids are too stupid to realize that deadline does not matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they feel the pressure, and yeah. the deadline just doesn't matter. That's usually what I advise. I'm like. You know, you, so I always tell the kids to have respect both ways. I'm like, listen, their deadline's bullshit. Don't listen to it whatsoever. But at the same time, um, you know, if a university really offers you a scholarship, you don't want to leave it on the table for like five months, right? Because then, then right. their money is tied up and then they could be going to find someone else if you are actually not going to attend the university. So while you don't need to pay attention to their deadline, you should be kind of respectful of their process and, and try to do it with this certain amount of time, or else just say, hey, listen, coach, I'm not ready. You should go look for somebody else. And if I decide later, then I'll come back to you. And you know, and then obviously maybe they don't have money and they don't have money. Yeah, it's a two-way street. You gotta you yes. don't want to lead them on either. You know, they don't want to yes. have them spending five months recruiting you when you know deep down that you're never gonna go there. Um just tell them. Just tell them. Yeah. Um, so. Okay, let's get I, into the duels this weekend. Let's do it. Okay, uh, starting on Friday night, I think it's the double header on uh, Big Ten Network, which is a nice little double header: Michigan State, Michigan, and then I think right into uh, Penn State, Ohio State. Um, nice. Starting at five p.m. Eastern. Yeah, nice little. Nice little back-to-back there. And the Michigan State-Michigan, you got a couple of good matchups. If, well, I guess depending on what Michigan does at 125, um, Rayvon Foley and Dylan Ragason, you could see. But then the big one would be – oh, yeah, thank you. I put Cam Amin there. Should be Miles Amin, and he's number one. And Cam Caffey is, like, number 10. I had to mess that all up. Um, so if, if Michael Beard and Gavin Hoffman – I don't want to say they gave Amin a tough time, but it was – wasn't a blowout. Um, Camp Caffey should be able to keep it relatively close because he he is tricky like that. What do you think? No, I totally agree. And and Caffey, I, I believe, had a one point match with Eric Schultz, who was number yes. one. And talked about that um, match was a disaster. We talked up. about that because they should yes, have called some more. Support. It was a disaster. <laughs> six five, six five was the final there. Uh, as you talked yeah. about, kind of a weird officiated match. Uh, and I didn't uh, like. We didn't really talk about. We we more focused on like Penn State when we talked about Penn State Michigan, but I thought Michigan looked didn't look great. That obviously wasn't their best performance. They looked like a team that had been off for a yeah. little bit. Um, I don't know what they those guys were able to do when the athletic department was shut down. I don't know if they were able to get to local clubs or they were just all on their own or what. But I didn't yeah. think Miles and Mean looked great. 
it was his first folk style match in two years. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that played a part in it. I didn't think he looked particularly big. I don't know about you. Um, no, I agree. I don't know. I worry. I would kind of worry about him with some of these guys with more with more horsepower. Um, like Ford Focus. All, like Ford Focus. Like uh, no Adams guards. Like Stephen Buchanan. No Adams. Yeah, those guys are big. They're fast. They're strong. They blow through yeah. you. Um, all three of those guys. So I don't know. And we saw Trent Hidley kind of do that to him at, at RTC Cup. Mm-hmm. But uh, his defense did look great. He did the little spin out that you like against Beard. Uh, you mean the, the uh, oh my God, Hamlin? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's a good he one. That. He, he did that on that, that one more. edge to, to score against Beard. How do you know Beard? I like, like that? Beard had... You caught me off guard there. How do you... Before. Okay. I'm like, how do you, you know I like that move? Okay. <laughs> Got it. Uh... So it'll be interesting to see how he looks. Maybe he looks better with another week of training, and, and now he has two matches under his belt. But watch out for that one. Cam Caffrey's got some tricky defense. Um, and, he, and, he's, and he's a pretty good mat wrestler, too. Um, so, you know, obviously I can't really imagine that Miles Amin has been training his folks out real hard, right? I got to assume right. um, the majority of his training over the past, I don't know, two years has been freestyle-based. So, you know, if Caffey could get a takedown and, and he could probably ride him for a while is what I would guess. But, I mean, yeah, I think I think it means a significant favorite. But look for Caffey to keep it close. 100. Um, then the nightcap, Penn State, Ohio State. And if we start at 125, we got a really good one um, to kind of mm-hmm. measure where Robbie Howard is. And someone asked – someone even asked the question, uh, is Robert Howard the answer? Penn State's 125-pound struggles. Um, it's probably a little too early to tell, but he appears that he will be good. Um, so yeah. he'll and if he can be Malik Heinzelman, he's a top ten guy in the country. Uh, so that would be yeah, really Mal- good. Malik's you, made you a jump. Thoughts on how that could play out? Uh, I mean, Malik's just gotten so much better this year. So yeah, this this is a huge measuring stick for Robbie Howard. Um, I mean, Malik's only loss this year is to Devin Schrader, and it's 1-0. So, yeah, I think we get a really good idea of where he's at uh, going into the Big Tens, which, you know, we see what is this going to be its third match or something. <laughs> something ridiculous. But, yeah, so it'll give us a good idea. Yeah. Um, and then 165, Ethan Smith versus Joe Lee. I think Joe Lee looked all right against Cam Amin. There were some fun exchanges that he was able to – scramble out of that he kind of looked dead to rights um and mm-hmm. another kind of measuring stick ethan smith is, has yeah. been excellent this year yeah that's what i i would say uh, exactly another measuring stick for them because joe lee um i mean at some point penn state's gonna need these guys who are i guess on the outside looking in to step up um mm-hmm. his only loss lee's only losses to cam amin which kind of leaves leaves us to believe that he's definitely on the outside looking in. If you could win over Ethan Smith, Ethan Smith is a man. I don't. I would probably say top twelve guy. I don't really know what you guys have ranked at. I sometimes I, I catch myself eighth saying right things because I don't eighth. Okay, good. So I was I was close. Yeah, um, yeah would be a gigantic win for him. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. Caleb Romero, Carter Starocki. I'm a little. This is what I want to see right here. It, 
yeah, it'd be the marquee match tonight. I'm a little skeptical what it will happen. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any inside info. I just, I know that Romero missed last week against Michigan. Um, and yeah, I don't know, the ankles against, are kind of uh, Iowa. Yeah, against Kimmer, ankles are always kind of weird. Um, and I'm so someone like, put this in the, the chat. Um, uh, no, this is a Facebook question actually, Kyle, but we, I don't think we answered it. Um, yeah. and they said if Romero sits out, um, uh, these last two, will he still be the what three seed at Big Ten? Is that what they said? Yeah, we talked about it. We said he likely probably would be. Yeah, which I don't know. I don't really feel good about that because, right. um, I mean, Grello, Kratiger, Shannon, while they're not, they're all really solid guys, they're not Soroki and Massa at this point. And so it kind of feels weird to have him seated above some of those guys, despite the fact that he hasn't beaten any of them. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. It doesn't, doesn't Matt, feel right, and that's so... all. Man, I don't know. You could make an argument for him not to be. I mean, Massa's got one loss. Um, Stroke's got one loss and Romero's got one loss. I think you could make a very valid argument to have um Romero move down. I don't know if you'd win the argument, but you could you could definitely make that argument. Yeah, it's he has wins over Shannon, Craniger, Gallo, Hughes, Spatafora. Um I don't know, maybe you could say Stroke the two. And then yeah, so I mean, Donnell's got three. two losses. Yeah, oh wait, about you go uh, Labriola is the two. Yeah, Labriola is the two. Then you go, but then yeah. you could go the uh, then you could go Stroke, Massa, or Romero, and then after that, I guess you'd probably go Donnell, something like that. I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I actually would go Stroke three because he beat Massa. I would re- I yeah. would reward that win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it makes sense. So then, so then, then this, Ma- this match would make a lot of difference because then you you'd have the three or the four seed. Um, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and in our seating, you would get if you were the three, you would get away from Michael Kimmer, mm-hmm. um, and and avoid being on the same side as Logan Massa, because in this scenario, we would have him as the four. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'd be solid. You should wrestle. You should, Caleb Romero, you should wrestle. Um, <laughs> Here we so are making then, big decisions. And then a heavyweight. Yeah, we're making big decisions. Tom Ryan, I hope you're listening. Um, then Seth Neville's Tate Orndorff uh, to close it out. They're 14-16, but I would favor Neville's in that match from what I've seen this year. Yeah, or Orange, I want to say almost taking a step down a little bit. Um, I think 197 is interesting. Also, I think Beard versus um, Hoffman, or I guess maybe they throw in Singletary, but that's another one where those guys are on the outside looking in for All American. Um, and then, listen, I, I still want to see whoever they got at 41 versus Nick Lee. And I mean, I know Nick Lee is a gigantic favorite. Uh, but I still want to see it. And I would like them to throw Bo Bartlett out 149. Let's just see how it goes. Listen, he takes a butt whooping. It's one butt whooping. Throw him out there against the number one guy in the country, see what happens. Ain't going to be that bad. It would be pretty awesome if they did that. Um, 
That would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, and like you're right, you have nothing to lose. Let's. I just was looking up Bartlett's um resume this year. Five and zero. Four of the matches were contested against uh forty one pounders. He beat Cole Madden of Michigan alone, one hundred forty nine pound match, eight to four over the weekend. Yeah, and and the Penn State's done such a committee at one forty nine. They got the Bear Claw in there, um, mm-hmm. who like he's all right. I mean, so he's two and two. Um, you know, he has losses to Thomas and Store. Uh, his wins aren't great. They have Verclaren, which we haven't seen Verclaren in a while, have we? I feel like it's been. I'm gonna click on it, but it's been, it feels like it's been a minute. It's been a he's few weeks. Yeah, he's zero one. Man, that that's not looking that's not looking promising for him because he doesn't even meet the four match minimum. Then, Correct. who's the other guy they use uh, there? They have- Verclaw, Verclaren, and I know I'm forgetting. There's oh, one more. Luke Gardner. Yes. What's his record? Yeah. He is. Yeah, I don't think it's three and zero. Anything to lose, you know. Yeah, but they're all. Yeah. Uh, got... I, the Sharonbrock wins good, but the other one are not good. Yeah, Sharonbrock solid win. Um, I, at forty one, I mean, what, what do you want to see there? You just want to see Nick Lee get bonus points on one of those guys. Um. I mean, I think if you throw Echemendi out there, which he, I think he hurt his ankle um, against Ironman, so maybe he's not. I, uh, man, I feel like maybe Echemendi will figure out the folk style thing at some point. I mean, the match versus Ironman was, it was 0-0, uh, but then you look at like, okay, well, you know, would Nick Leach choose top and just torch him? But maybe we would get two periods of really good neutral wrestling, and then maybe, you know, Nick Leach chooses top and torches him in the third. Um, yeah, I don't know. You guys hyped him up. Clickbaited him, and now I want to see him. This is your fault. I'm blaming this on you. Okay, yeah, blame blame flow culture. Um, <laughs> I mean, we hyped him up because he was he was absolutely destroying. Someone all asked top... me, yeah, who Josh Saunders? Well, that just, was he... the reason you guys hyped him so much because he killed Josh Saunders, and Josh Saunders is really really good, <laughs> right? Yeah, Josh Saunders was placing at senior level tournaments as a senior in high school. And then he also destroyed all these top prospects of Fargo. He messed up Victor Voinovich, who was number one at his weight that year. Uh, that, yeah. that coming in, he's going to Oklahoma State, and he's a top twenty recruit. Um, so yeah. he's beating all of these dudes, and it's like, man, can you imagine this guy in a college wrestling room? And then it's like, oh my gosh, he'd be training at Ohio State, and Logan Stevers there, and and him and Sammy Sasso working out every day, and yeah. they're just iron sharpens iron. And then it just hasn't, I don't know, I think the transition to folk style is a lot tougher than maybe we thought it would be. And yeah. uh, obviously the mat work is he's clearly really behind. Um, yeah, I, don't, I yeah, mean, I, even if it's D, even if it's D'Amelio, I mean, he lost the rest off to D'Amelio because he got turned, you know? Um, yes. mm-hmm. So... Even if it's D'Amelio, Nick Lee, I think, is going to get bonus points. Whether it's on top or just his pace and neutral takedowns, it's just uh, it's a different ballgame. Okay, well, I got an idea that's not going to happen, but a man could dream. What if we went Bo Bartlett at Chimendia, Nick Lee, Sammy Sasso? Are you in? Uh, I'm more. I'm definitely more interested in that, yes. I'm in on that. Oh, somebody said Michael Andrews. I'm sorry, I stole your idea. 
uh, I did not, I was not on the Facebook chat. <laughs> he said the same thing. Yes, I'm all in on that. That is, that is much more, that's much more. And yeah, Kozak brings up a good point. It's like, Anthony Etchemendia was winning on criteria against James Green with under a minute to go at the RTC Cup. Yeah. And so uh, crazy, right? Green so crazy. got the, the clutch takedown and then dropped right into a lace and ended it. But I mean, it was, he was winning on criteria in under a minute. It, yeah. Uh, I think, I, I absolutely think he can figure out this folk style thing and. I'm really interested to see him. I mean, he also wrestled Evan Henderson won, I think, like six to two or seven to two, but he wrestled Henderson tough. Um, yes. So clearly, he feels more comfortable during during doing freestyle, and I would be interested to see him in the spring summer. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Northwestern versus Minnesota, and you got a couple matches in here, but. I feel like Northwestern hasn't wrestled their 25-33 in forever. It was weird. I feel like it's been weird. a whole bunch August... of duels. Yeah, I think I don't think um, Cannon has wrestled since they had that try with Penn State and Indiana. And then yeah, it's been a minute. D'Agostino wrestled February 7th, but then didn't wrestle last weekend, I don't think. Um, I'm going to look so up I don't know what matches they show. It can't be very many. It cannot Diagostino be has three. I'm looking at Diagostino right now. He has three. Okay. I'll look up um, Cannon. Uh, Cannon's got Chris Cannon. He's, uh, he's got four. That was more than I would have. I would have guessed two or three. He's got four. So he beat Luigs, Thompson, Cockrell, and Cummings. He beat all those guys. So I guess he has, uh, he's got the minimum. But you're right. Northwestern, it's been, um, as someone that does the dual rankings, it's been frustrating because when they have all their starters in the lineup, they have like five top 15 guys in our top 25 dual team. But I yeah. don't think they've wrestled a single duel this year with all five of their ranked guys in the duel. And so they, not because they, they only can, wrestled one with Deacon. Right. And Davison has missed a bunch. He hasn't wrestled since January 30th. He's three and one with a loss to Eric Schultz. Um, so yeah, it, it's got. I mean, I don't. I'm sure injuries, COVID, all this stuff. So I'm sure it's just as frustrating yeah. for Coach Torniolo as it is as it is us the fans. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm interested in Diagostino, Pat McKee. You saw Eric Barnett. McKee just looked like Pat McKee. garbage last week, though. He did. He did. So I'm interested to see if he bounces back or or what happens here. And then. Um, Deacon, man, he freaking messed up Modal. It was like a twenty-one to four tech ball, and Modal is like Modal usually uh, has a relatively good gas tank. It kind of can keep things close and slow people down. So that was, I, I was pretty blown away. You know, I, obviously I knew Deacon was going to win, but I was pretty blown away with that result. They um, he did wrestle an extra match, and like some of the teams have been doing it before the duel. Some have been doing after, like or while yeah. it's going on. And he only beat Devin Barr seven to four, and I don't know when that match happened. If it was before the Devin after Barr or whatever, is really uh, uber defensive, really solid defensively. So, um, well, I would have never guessed it was that close. That is shocking to me, and I did not see that. Um, I, I would have guessed that Devin Barr, Devin Barr would be able to slow him down a little bit for sure. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if they um, did that after, or if he he was just coasting or what. But that was a little surprising to see after he messed up model. 
Yeah. So, hey, McKee beat Barnett 8-0 last year. And then this yeah. year lost to him 17-4. And there was there was nothing really competitive about the match. I mean, Barnett, I think he maybe got taken down one time. But he got a couple of reversals, takedowns, back points on top. I mean, just kind of controlled every position. Maybe McKee was sick. I, I don't know. But it wasn't. It wasn't really slightly competitive, which makes me think that if he if he faces Diagostino, that he's not the favorite. Yeah, and Diagostino, talking about guys that are tough to score on, he is tough to score on. He's tough on top. Um, that might not be not might might not be the best matchup for McKee. I'm not sure how their series went last year. I'm sure mm-hmm. that they hit. Um, try to look that up real quick but and then at 57 Deegan and Brayden Lee that's interesting to me because um Mm -hmm. uh Brayden Lee is so good just like hand fighting and he's got a great pace and he's just he's in these matches with everybody I'm interested to see if he can hang in there with Deegan that'd be the toughest test he's seen at 57 for sure yes yeah wow the Augustino McKee did not hit last year Oh, zoom That's out. pretty wild. Um, yeah. Uh, Nebraska, Illinois. This has a lot of fun matches. So let let's just hope that it happens. And it's uh, it's especially fun because you know there's not highly seated guys where they're not competitive. Like every one of these every one of these matches that you have down here, I think is going to be really really competitive. Like could I mean to the point where I could easily see either person winning. Probably the biggest favorite of all five of these matches, I would say, would be Chad Red. Um, but besides that, all, all these probably coin flips. Yeah, to kind of run through them real quick. Cronin, Cardani, Red, Duncan, Bronigal, Rob, Bronigal, Vins, and Luffman, Christian Lance. Luffman and Lance kind of been big risers this year in the heavyweight rankings. They both beat Hilger. Yes. Um, that'd be really interesting. Vins has kind of been struggling, but Bronigal hasn't been as consistent as he was last year either. Um, Which one? Zach? We're talking about Zach? Zach, yeah, he's that's the bigger pull one. Pull him up here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, let me pull him up here. He took, he I lost, he lost to Weiler, lost to Weiler, Lion, and Webster. Man, I mean, none of those guys. Okay, none of those guys are super great, but none of them are bad either. No, I guess. I mean, he beat Webster last year. I'm pretty sure he beat Lion last year. Is all I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, Max Lyon's not really had a, a great year either. He's he's three and four. Um, although all of his wins are, are relatively good, but yeah. Yeah, he beat Nelson Brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um it one one eighty four in the Big Ten, they just take turn they just take turns beating each other and it's a mess and it's a disaster and we hate it. So <laughs> And we hate it. Um <laughs> it's a it's a nightmare to it, rank. So uh I, they, did they wrestle Bedlam already? Am I or am I dreaming here? No, they did. They they, they, they wrestled Bedlam twice. This is so crazy that they still do it too. We have ten matches this year, Kyle. Why the hell are they doing it twice? I don't know. I don't know. Oklahoma State wrestled Little Rock twice too. That's wild. I mean, they're literally they're having ten matches and the wrestling teams twice. That seems like shenanigans. I don't understand either. But they have like. They for some reason always do like 
to do two bedlams. Um, they like each, I don't know, they've done this for a long time. I don't understand it. <laughs> the schools are like an hour away from each other. It's not like if a visiting fan base wanted to go to the duel, they couldn't get a ticket or get to it. It's an hour away. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's um, Oklahoma fans in Stillwater and Oklahoma State fans in Norman. So I don't know. I don't understand it. Maybe someone in Oklahoma can explain it to me, but they've done this for a long time. They're going to do it again. And I'm assuming Oklahoma State's only going to win by more because Dayton Fix is in the lineup this time. <laughs> and I, I I, don't know. I don't really well, see any match going the other way this time. Well, I was going to say, do you think um... – I mean, Woodley Ferrari was one that I was going to bring up. And, you know, I think Ferrari has a very specific style. When we talk about he's disciplined and he's powerful. But our guy's going to get a feel for it and know what to expect. And he already does it like that. The first match is 3-2. It's not like he comes by takedowns mm-hmm. really easily. So is it going to be even tougher for him to get takedowns when these guys, you know, sometimes when a guy's extra powerful, I don't know if you ever wrestled a guy like this, and you just like, you kind of know it, but you never felt it. And then once you felt them once and you feel the timing and the power and, you know, he's kind of straightforward, you know, he's not tricky and you have, once you have the feel for it, you can wrestle that person a lot better. I know that happened for me a few times in my life. So I'm kind of thinking like, is that going to happen to Ferrari? Um, Because at this point he hasn't wrestled anyone twice. This will be the first person, but then obviously, you know, as he gets into the big 12 tournament and it says there's probably gonna be multiple people that he sees multiple times. Yeah. And I, I kind of said almost a similar thing when we saw the match with no Adams when he beat him. It's like, okay, here's what you do. When he gets down on a knee, don't go towards him. And Noah, Noah yes. got down on a knee sometimes too when he did it, or he would just circle away from it. Um, but I just don't know. I don't know if Woodley has the offense to like get in on him and score. But so, what, so would, what could happen? What could happen here? And I've seen this, I could name a handful of people over the course of history. What can happen here is then they just they just sit back more. And Ferrari's not going to get a lot of stalling calls against the other person because he doesn't pursue. There's not enough pressure, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, and the ref went, you know, if both people are doing nothing. The ref's kind of like, eh, let them both do nothing type of thing. Um, yeah. And so, you know, if Woodley thinks like, okay, well, you know, I can't take him down or I'm having a really hard time taking him down. I'm going to just play really defensive so I don't give up a stupid one. And then I'm going to try to ride him for a minute or we're going to go to overtime. I'm trying to get him tired. And so the matches do become tougher because the one person realizes, okay, I am an underdog here and I know how I lost last time. And I'm sure shit not losing that way again. So I'm going to kind of lock it down a little more and I'm going to make the guy earn the win harder. And so that would become, um, you know, I said, so matches would become more and more difficult for him as that type of thing happens. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see it, how Woodley approaches it. Because if I'm remembering the match right, he walked in to Ferrari on his yeah. knees. And Ferrari That's got in I'm on saying. a single. And he, right, and he converted it. And that was the only takedown of the match. Um, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. It'll be really interesting to see if maybe Ferrari's more aggressive this time now that he's felt Woodley or if, um, or what Woodley does different. But, yeah, I, I'm interested to see that again. Uh uh, what Boo Boo versus Mitch Moore was close last time. Mitch does a good job of slowing guys down, Man. too. He's he's kind of a home run guy. If he doesn't pin you in the first period, it's going to be a one point match. <laughs> it's just every, every match with him. He, he pins you quick, or it's a close match. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then 50, 57 actually was a really good match last time um, between Wyatt Sheets and Justin Thomas. It went to tiebreakers, and Sheets actually got a reversal. And tie, he wrote, I'm pretty sure he wrote Thomas out. Then he went down, got a reversal. Thomas got an escape and a takedown in, like, the last 15 seconds to beat him. So kind of a wild finish there. Um, and Where's Sheets this going to be aired? Is this going to be, like, ESPN Oklahoma or something? I think it's ESPN U. I think U. Okay, got it. Yeah. I don't get that, so we'll um, have to figure out how to catch a few matches. So, and Master Giovanni just lost, but Mason Navy from Oklahoma, I think, only has a, a one win on the year. Um, Mantanona is always dangerous, I guess, but plot. And that one, actually, I don't know why you didn't put that on there, because um, Mantanona is... Obviously, he's not great, right? But he does some really good things. Um, and Plot is very efficient with his offense, but sometimes he gets a little too squirrely. So that's one that I think could get really wild really fast. So I guess I didn't put it on here because Mantanona has gone from, like, number nine in the country to completely out of the rankings. Um, yeah. And they wrestle – I watch – they watch – they wrestle – it was 11-6 when they wrestled last time. And mm-hmm. Mantanona did sneak a takedown in the first period. But Plot lived on his legs, had him exhausted by the end of the match. Uh, he tried the high flyer once, and he didn't come close to getting it. But he mm-hmm. was able to save himself from giving up a takedown. Plot just kind of kicked out of it over the top. Um, I don't know. I just, right. Yeah, I think... Plot's just going to live on his legs and stay safe, and, and nothing happened. I don't know. Ant-Man and your guy, I, been... look, I looked up Naifa, or how, how do you say his name? Na- Naif? Naifa? I'm pretty sure Naifi. Naifi. Naifi? Um, yeah. Man, he's he's 1-7, but he has a win over the number 35 guy, and he's lost to number 8, number 17, 47, 25, 33, 14, 79. It's like... You know, he's probably not really that bad. He's just only wrestled relatively good people. No, and when he beat he beat Killian Carnell of West Virginia, and when he beat him, um, Carnell was ranked, I think, like 20, in the 20s or something. Yeah. Um, but but since then, he hasn't won a match, and, and Carnell's won like six in a row. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah, doing sure. – I was actually doing Big 12 rankings yesterday and, and looking at that because Carnell has these wins over Fippin – and some of the top guys in the Big 12, but he has that loss to Nafi. But since then, he hasn't lost, uh, and Nafi hasn't won since then. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> another match that was good last time was heavyweight. Heinzelman and Harris have both worked their way into the top 20. Um, that was a sudden victory match last time. So, see what see what happens there. Um, right. And then Iowa, Wisconsin, Sunday night, nightcap, we confirmed it's happening, even though we don't really know if it's happening. Um, we kind of confirmed. But... We kind of confirmed. <laughs> Spencer Lee, um, I don't know. He, Eric Barnett hey, has no chance. You know but... what I will tell you about Eric Barnett? He's strong. Okay. And, okay. Well, you know, the one I relate, the one I relate Spencer Lee to is Anthony Robles. And Anthony Robles, if a guy wasn't strong, he was going to snatch up their wrist and then it was, and they were going to roll a whole bunch of times. Barnett. Maybe it's strong enough to keep his wrist away this year. And, Stop. you know, okay, let's see. Can Barnett make no. it to the second period? 
No, you're out. You're saying no. no. You're saying no. Yes. You said I'm Barnett no. couldn't be in a tier. He's in a tier. I'm saying Barnett's big in the second period. Okay. I'm saying he's not. What do you want to bet? <laughs> what do you I want don't bet? know. What do you want? I don't know. 30 push-ups. Uh, 30 push-ups. Okay. 30, 30 push-ups. <laughs> you give me three Bitcoin. <laughs> I give you 30 push-ups. Uh, that's not fair. Um, I know. No, I, I just, it's just not, it's not happening. It's not, I don't know. He's going to turn, he's going to take him down. You, you really think he's Barnett's going to, Barnett's going to go freestyle. You know, he's going to do this number. He might get turned once. He's going to second period. He's going to the top. He's going to throw the boots in and, and pull him over. <laughs> nah, maybe not. Okay. I, I my, <laughs> the bet stand, the bet stand, second period. All right. All right. You know, we're Barnett's live right strong. now. ICP likes to say, I know we're put, live and people can hear out. you. I put that out to all the people. Yes. All right. Um, Ollie, I, I mean, I think he. We're betting. We're betting. Been, we already bet. You've been. Well, no, I was just, just going to say, I think Spencer pins him. He's been pinning everyone. 121, 155, yeah. 230, 132. Well, in all fairness, in all fairness, it is four because that's all he's wrestled. But yes, he's been pinning it everybody. Is. It is, but if you look at three of the guys he pinned, they're ranked in the top 17. <clears throat> Cardiani is at 17? Yeah. Damn, he's two and five. Yeah. Remember we talked about him last uh, yesterday? Yes, we talked about this. Wild. Um, okay, let's go. Uh, 84, I think, is interesting. Again, these guys all beat each other. I can see it going either direction. Um I'd probably lean Brand. Wilder's uses gas tank and uh, maybe rides him though. Brands is not great on bottom, and that's how he lost the lion. Yeah, that, who you, who that would picking? be. I'm probably gonna pick Brands, but the bottom would would worry me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then hmm. Cassiope is undefeated against Hilger, I believe. Um, and Hilger hasn't been great this year. And outside of getting majored by Gable, which everyone has been getting messed up by Gable, uh, Cassiope, I think, has pinned everybody. Yeah. Um, so Hilger hasn't wrestled the last couple matches. I hear there might be some injury issues or something. So I, I don't even know that he's going to wrestle this one for sure. He wrestled. Um, he wrestled their last duel. Did he against Northwestern? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he he missed a few in there, so he he didn't. Yeah. Wrestle for a couple weeks, I guess. Um. All right. So he's back. But I mean, Jack Hayob and uh, and uh, and Cassio yeah. are quite a bit different. <laughs> They're very different. Very different. Very different. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm le- definitely leaning Cassiope. Okay. Questions from All right, friends? you got anything else? You want to get to questions from friends? Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Uh, we kind of covered this, but your daily vitamin asks, is Robbie Howard finally the answer to Penn State's problems at 125? I feel like he's definitely trending in that direction. TBD. Because the other thing we talk about Penn State is uh, a guy who's ranked 7th through 12th is, for a lot of teams, would be a great answer. For Penn State, is not the answer because they're trying to win national titles. So I will say at this point, to be determined, it's a possibility. Fair. Um, wrestling fan, 
I think we all know who 125 is going to a Big Ten, but how does two through eight go if Seriano doesn't wrestle? Yeah, that was this is a good quote. We highlighted this yesterday because how what did I say? There's 12 of them in the top 25 or something like that. Yeah. When I looked at your rankings, it was something totally crazy. So right now, Cronin feel like- is the second highest ranked guy at number seven. But I don't feel comfortable. But then they're all right next to each other to make the finals. Yeah, then you have Diagostino at eight, Heinzelman at ten, Barnett at eleven, McKee at twelve, Foley at thirteen, Schroeder at fourteen, Ragason at sixteen, Cardani at seventeen, Hudkins at nineteen. He hasn't wrestled in a little bit, but Robbie Howard at twenty-one and Nick Aguilar twenty-five. I literally feel like almost any of those guys could make the finals opposite Spencer, and I'm not that shocked. I mean. Schrader, Foley, McKee, Barnett, Heinzelman, Diagostino, Cronin, for sh- for sure, any of those guys. Um, yes. Yeah. I, th- I think getting two, three, six, or seven in the seeding is huge. A six seed is better than a four seed, for sure. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Devin Schroeder. He beat all these guys last year and was a top five guy to start the year and has really been struggling. Um, you really felt it was him and Spencer coming into the year as the clear one too, but now I don't I don't know that for sure. Like you said, it wouldn't shock me yeah, if anyone from Cronin to Schroeder was in the finals. Yeah, he I mean, because Schroeder was ranked number three or something when he got pinned by Barnett at that duel. Yeah, he he's only five and three on the year. Losses to Foley, McKee, and Barnett. Um, yeah, he, he has not been great. Um, I don't know what the difference is between this year and last year. That, that, that But that question is just like, the question's a disaster. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how we could do it without really looking at a bracket either, but uh, it just kind of illustrates how wild and wide open the, the Big Ten is there at 125. It's the same way at 184 as well. Who, like, yeah. Who's going to get to the finals to see what Aaron Brooks? What'd you say? Yeah. At 84, who's going to, who's going to be the guy that comes out on the bottom half to see Aaron Brooks in the finals? Like Aaron Brooks is making the finals. That's almost as much of a disaster as, as this one. But actually at 84 though, but 84, you don't have nearly the gap between number two and number one that you do at 84. I mean, Aaron Brooks is, I feel like, clearly better than, say, Owen Webster at number six. Um, yeah. But it's not Spencer to Cronin. I mean, Spencer to Cronin is a very, very vast gap. Right. Um, yeah. And Brooks to Webster or Pazanski or Weiler, um, while it's big, it's not Spencer to Cronin big. Totally agree there. It's not okay. as wide for sure. Um, I guess I didn't realize, not, but now I look at it, I didn't realize. Now I, I, well, I guess I would feel shocked if any of those guys beat Brooks. I felt like when I when I was thinking about it before I looked at the list, now I would have thought maybe someone has more of a chance. And now that I look at it, I'm like, ooh, maybe not. At least they're like Taylor Venn has beaten Brooks before. But, like, no one at 125 has touched Spencer. He's been in the same stratosphere. Yeah. Brooks had a 3-2 with Sebastian and a 3-2 with Caffey, but neither one of those guys is in his bracket. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, set 9-4, Braun Eagle. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously the Spencer, the Spencer, the next person gap, is maybe besides Gable. Well, no, Gable has got Mason Paris, so there's there's no one that has nearly the gap that Spencer does. So I guess comparing him to Spencer is really difficult. Yeah, and like some of the guys we were just talking about about possibly making the finals opposite Spencer didn't make it more than two minutes with Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Do you see any you really want to answer? <clears throat> um, I think we can go. I mean, there's some fun ones that are really fast. Uh, top five all-time Mizzou team. And I, I think the answer to that is um, they definitely could be, but it's hard to know at this point because we just haven't seen them a lot. Um, and there's a lot of question marks, I'll say. Like, Al, can Alan Hart stay number four? Um, he's looked great mm-hmm. so far. Uh, O'Toole and Mako. Um, are looking very promising, but we're not seeing them against the best guys yet. Where they match up, same thing with Rocky Elam, same thing with 184 yep. pounds, whoever they start there, Kent or um, Colton Hawks. So, yeah, I, I think I think they, they could be really good, but it's kind of uh, too soon to tell. I, I don't know. Is that fair? No, that's fair because um, you don't want to say they are, and then they go to NCAAs, and then maybe the freshmen aren't where we thought they were yet, or Alan Hart yeah. isn't the same guy. Um, but if they go to NCAAs and take second or third, and those freshmen are way up there, you know, O'Toole's a top six guy, and Elon's a top eight guy, and Hart's a top four guy, and uh, yeah. Mako sneaks on the podium. Like, yeah, that, that yeah. probably is. They got six all Americans uh, or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that and I mean that Mahler that's within a possibility. Like, yeah, I mean, if you just took each individual one and said, "Could this person all American?" The answer is Hart, yes. Mahler, yes. Jacques, yes. O'Toole, yes. Mako, yes. Uh, Elam, yes. Elam, yes. And that's six. And then eighty-four. I think you could see possibilities where they sneak in there also. And even yeah. even Schmidt and Brown at the bottom aren't super far off. No. They're not at all. Um, and at 80, 84 is kind of wild. Um, we're not exactly sure what they're doing there, but it's funny. Both uh, Kent and Hawks have wins over Tate Samuelson, who just beat Dakota Gear. Um, Number seven. So yeah. they we we left we left Samuelson in the rankings or um, Kent in the rankings just because he's undefeated on the year, and he moved yeah. up a good bit because of that win over because of Samuelson getting the win over gear, but uh, yeah. he's like top 14 now. So, <clears throat> and then even, even crazy. Uh, have... Hawks versus Keck Eisen was super competitive. I mean, that was a match I watched because of Parker mm-hmm. Hawks also wrestled for my buddy Marcus a little bit. So I kind of actually, I think Hawks came up to a tournament. Marcus brought some guys up to a tournament ran when he was in eighth grade, maybe. So I've been kind of seeing him around for quite a while. Um, yeah. I mean, so him and Keck Eisen was really competitive and that's a number five guy um right so yeah i mean like i don't i don't think i'm not saying they're guaranteed but i'm saying is there a possibility and the answer is yeah there is um the other question <laughs> I, who knows why it's in here this has nothing to do with wrestling but it's a funny factoid that um do you know what bobby bonilla's contract is i do i i i figured you would be the one that didn't yeah he got i don't know the exact number but there's something where he gets x amount of money per month for like uh i think it's like 35 years or something to that effect it's one right no it's one year he gets it he gets it on july 1st so um every year for those that don't 
yeah, every year. For those who don't know, Bobby Bonilla, he played for the Mets. Um, they wanted to buy out his contract. He had a, so this says in 2000, the Mets agreed to buy out Bonilla's remaining $5.9 million contract. Instead of paying that cash up front, the team agreed to give Bonilla $1.19 million per year for 25 years. Um, <laughs> the payments were deferred starting in 2011. His annual pay includes a guaranteed 8% interest rate. Um, so right now it's not scheduled to end until 2035. Uh, but so smart. Do you know how smart this is, Kyle? This is like the smartest thing any athlete has ever done. So many athletes <laughs> go bankrupt. This man said, "Listen, I'm not taking my lump sum. I'm deferring it. I'm getting 1.2 million dollars a year. That's my retirement. I'm gonna live the good life for the next 30 years. That's a freaking genius right there." Yeah, and he he's trending on Twitter again because um, the Padres just signed like their young superstar who's 22 to a, a 14 14 year 300 million dollar contract, but and they're saying Fernando Tatis Jr. has 14 years left on his contract, and Bobby Bonilla still has 15 years left on his contract, and he's 57. <laughs> uh, so smart, so smart. Uh, the Mets, the Mets are a joke. Um, <clears throat> there's a Ben, above that question in the doc, there's a link. Do you see that link? Yeah. <clears throat> click on that link and tell me what you think. Um, I don't know if I clicked on link. Oh, this was fun. No, I, I saw this. Okay, I was you know, a little bit nervous. Um, this is great. You know, I think <laughs> I think CP would love this. I think we should save this for next week because I think this okay. is this question is a lot of fun. Um, and this almost seems like something fun to gamble on, but I don't actually run a gambling site, so. Uh, no, I, I actually, I love this question and I think we would have fun going through it. Yeah. So wrestling influencer, he put a question together and it was just like kind of the percentage of a bunch of the men's freestyle stars of making the Olympic team. Um, so wrestling influencer, we'll, we'll get to that one next week and we'll have it up on the screen and show the percentages yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Cause I, I, I thought would, that was a really good, good one too. And I, I would also like. You know, may, and maybe you guys steal his post. Um, and maybe you got in the office, you guys make your own or something like the flow flow version of this. Um, but I I think he did a really good job. Like, I don't think he's all that far off. Um, you know, there's a few like uh, um, Stevenson Gwiz. Um, I might go up a little bit with Stevenson, a little down with Gwiz, because Gwiz did lose to Paris. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, I'd probably go down a little bit with DT. He's got DT super high. I'd probably go down just a little bit with him. Um, but overall, I think he did a great job. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we'll definitely get to that. Get to that next week. Um, you see any others you want to hit in? No, that's it uh, for me. I'm a, I got some more boxing to work today. My man Canine's been in town. He's he's been tremendous. Make he making me work too hard, kind of. Man, I didn't want. I didn't know if I want to work. It's just a, this is a hobby, Kyle. I'm not trying to retire. This man's trying to make me work like it's my job or something. Listen, you're getting paid a large amount of money to shut this kid up. So you got to work hard. <clears throat> okay, I will shut him up. I promise you that. <laughs> I saw I saw the video. Uh, I think your, your Twitter account posted of Canine barking yesterday when you were in the ring. Oh my it god, it was pretty vicious. Yes, he, he's <laughs> funny. Oh man, so yeah, back to work for me today.
right, keep killing it. We'll keep uh, trying Jeez. to kill it down here in Texas, even though get we have water. no water. Get some water. Get some water at your house. And, <laughs> and like no power. Um, hopefully everyone is back Tuesday and we are fully powered. Thank you guys for listening this week. Have a, have a safe, fun weekend. We'll see you Tuesday.